Well, hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media, TuneIn Radio, and we can also be found on iHeartRadio and iTunes. And today we're going to be going into part two of Lyme disease. Now, if you have been staying with us for a while weekly, we... We have some, uh, in in show number 11, we started part number one of Lyme's disease. And there's a lot to this. In that episode, we covered the issues of transmission, how you can get it, because it's much more than just tick-borne, and, um, and some symptoms to look for, which are really important to know about. I mean, some of the anger and OCD symptoms, but also that Lyme can really mimic autism. And sometimes children have autism with Lyme. Sometimes they're diagnosed with autism when they actually just have Lyme disease. And if it's properly treated, then many of those symptoms can go away. And again, naturally recovering autism and the word recovery, the definition is to actually the deck, the, the, uh, <laughs> the dic- dictionary definition is to regain health. And so that's what this is about is regaining your child's health, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and um, anything I link to in this episode, I will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme. So, um, and we're going to talk about uh, some things. We also have our um, our guest with us again, Dr. Jody Deshore, who has been with us in the past. And it's important um, that, you know, Dr. Deshore is very, very busy. And uh, I would like to thank you so much for being here with us again, Dr. Deshore. And continuing on this, um, I still, for those brand new listeners, want to just give your short biography here just so that people understand a little background. Dr. Deshore is an internationally recognized pioneering clinician in the all-natural plant-based treatment of autism, Lyme disease, mold biotoxin illness, PANS and PANDAS, nutrigenomics, and autoimmune illness. She works with children and adults in over 27 countries around the world. Dr. Deshore is a board-certified doctor of occupational therapy, neurology, with a postdoctoral specialization in neurosensory. She is board-certified as a holistic health practitioner and board-certified in integrative pediatrics. Her past training abroad includes specialization in pediatric pediatric neurology, and multiple naturopathic disciplines in Bombay, the UK, and the USA. Dr. Deshore is currently pursuing her PhD and board certification in integrative medicine with a special interest in quantum physics. She is the founder of Bionexus Health Clinic in Marlborough, New Jersey, which is a center dedicated to plant-based all-natural treatment methods. And that is where we're going to move into today's episode, being on natural treatment options for Lyme's disease. It's also important that uh, that you know that there is this is a vast area and there is a lot of information. So we'll we're going to get through as much as we can, but it's very likely we'll be continuing this process with Lyme's disease and uh, and even the the comorbid symptoms, um, which uh, which kind of go along with it, such as PANS or pandas, which is also for those not who aren't familiar with that, it's a streptococcal infection. There are mold biotoxin illnesses that our kids have a lot of uh, these things that prevent our kids from getting better and having the optimum recovery. So um, we're going to be getting into uh, to a lot of the, the issues uh, beginning of the, um, the aspects of natural treatment options. So Dr. Deshore, thank you again so much for being here with us today. I greatly appreciate your help. It's, it's always fantastic to 
speak with you, Karen, and thank you for having me back. Well, you have so much knowledge in, in these areas that are that's so valuable to parents of children with autism. I, I know that, and, and practitioners as well, I know that there are a lot of people, including yourself, uh, when your, your own son was young, he uh, he was very ill. You mentioned when he was, he's now, what, 15 or 16? But when he was four years old, he was so sick. He was in a wheelchair. He had, uh, you had had him tested back then for Lyme, and it came up negative. So you, you assumed at that point that he didn't have it. So um, let's maybe we can recap a little bit of, you know, about uh, these tick-borne infections and Lyme disease. You want to maybe start there? Yes, absolutely. Yes, why not? Absolutely. Uh, what do you say is quite true. Uh, what, what, uh, what I suggest that parents do, and many of them do by the time they find me, is if you're not seeing progress in your child. You know, you're doing all of the biomedical treatments available out there. I actually have some parents that have done three to four rounds of stem cell therapies as well. You know, that's spending enormous amounts of resources uh, for something like that. And they, they see progress, but then it stops. So you have a child that is getting the best of the best and makes a little bit of progress and plateaus or gets worse. That is when one should, you know, take a step back and think that I have been doing all of the, the, the most popular, the most researched treatments out there, uh, biomedically speaking. What is it that I'm missing? What is it that I'm not doing? And this is when it's important to look at all different kinds of microbial issues. One of the biggest microbial issues that a hundred percent of patients with autism that come to me in my office for the last eight to nine years that I've been uh, Lyme literate, that they have their comorbid with uh, Lyme disease and other comor- uh, comorbid infections. So that is that is a, a large number. It's it's pretty much you know one hundred percent in my practice alone. And uh, the, the clinicians that, that I collaborate with, that I work with, they're seeing pretty uh, large numbers and very strong correlation between children that are not making uh, good progress, expected progress. You know your child. You know, if you feel that your child is really bright underneath and you see glimpses every now and then, but the entire, the, the veil is not lifting. It lifts a little bit and then falls right back down. That is when one should be looking at uh, Lyme disease, co-infections, mold, biotoxins, PANS, PANDAS. Now, Lyme disease is um, one of the triggers that causes uh, uh, that can cause PANS. And mold biotoxin exposure is also another trigger for PANS. In the past, we used to think that it's only strep, uh, PANDAS, and then since then, research has moved forward, and we find that most children do have other co-infections. So that is when it, it becomes important to investigate all of these and get appropriate treatment for these infections. And for those listening, PANS is, is an acronym. It stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders. So PANS and PANDAS are 
uh, are terms that you will hear for uh, basically a triggered streptococcal infection. And a lot of times we might think of strep throat uh, being in the throat, but it's also known that especially if you have had your tonsils removed, you might not be having strep throat anymore. You might think, well, I don't have, you know, or my child or I don't have strep. We don't carry it anymore. But what happens is the, the strep will often go into the gut. And we all know that uh, I've Pretty much every child I've ever worked on, and I think, Dr. Shore, you would agree, agree that uh, any child with autism has gut issues going on. I would agree with that, yes. Yeah. So where where do we go with this? I know there there so the same thing happened to you many many years ago before you had all the knowledge that you have now about, you know, a lot of these tests are unreliable. So you know you can have your child tested and then find out, get it get a result back that says oh your child's negative they don't have it. So then you go through life assuming that that child is negative that they don't have Lyme disease and and then they they're not treated properly and then they never get better. So um, you know if if a child has these symptoms, it could. It could be that if it's a natural treatment option, that possibly we could move forward with with uh, with treating that um, because if it's safe and natural and there's no harm in doing it and the symptoms are there, then um, then it would be good to go through and go move forward with that. We need to take a short break. When we come back, we will jump right back into this with these natural treatment options for Lyme's disease. And um, I'm here with Dr. DeShore has to say about, um, about the question I just asked there about uh, these unreliable tests and what we can do. I'm Karen Thomas. This is Naturally Recovering Autism. You're listening to us live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hi there and welcome back. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media, TuneIn Radio, and we can also be found on iHeart and iTunes. And today we have Dr. Jody DeShore with us. Uh, Once again, we're here with part two of Lyme disease. If you missed part one, I will link to it. It was show number 11. And uh, you can find the archives and the live show link. I've made it simple for you at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash radio show. But any links that we talk to in this show uh, today here, I will also um, give you those links on a page at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme, L-Y-M-E. Because sometimes that we, you might be driving or you might be out on your morning jog and listening to this and you don't have a pen and paper. So I wanted to make sure, make that easy for you to find those links. Um, So before the break, we were talking about the testing for Lyme disease and some of the other co-infections and how many of them are known to be unreliable. And so if you, you get a test done and you come up with a negative result, meaning it looks like your child doesn't have that or you don't have that, and then you assume you don't and it never gets treated. So what might be the options to move forward if you see that the symptoms are there without spending the money on expensive testing, just moving forward, and what are some of those natural and safe options that would be um, acceptable to do that with? So can you go into that for us a little bit, Dr. Deshore? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, my experience, as you mentioned, uh, myself with my son, he ended up in a wheelchair, and we actually did 10 line tests. We did everything we were looking for. You know, when you have a child who is running uh, an hour ago, you know, and says, you know what, mom, I can't walk anymore, uh, and ends up in a wheelchair with excruciating pain in his hip, 
uh, his entire pelvis was inflamed on MRI, and, and it was very nonspecific. There was nothing that showed up. Uh, we did a brain MRI, spine MRI. We did all kinds of testing, unnecessary, um, you know, ad adding in contrast and scans. But uh, we also did 10 Lyme tests through regular labs, and they all came back as false negative. They came back negative. I didn't know that they were false negative. So that happened to many. And uh, after spending thousands on a specialty lab, like hygienics lab, we still only saw a couple bands show up. You know, with the bands, I think we, we spoke about the bands last time, but we only saw a couple bands show up. So the key here is number one would be to find a good practitioner. I always say this, and I will continue to say this, who understands the full 360. If a child is on the spectrum, that is already a very complex child. And for this child to have Lyme disease and co-infections and possibly mold biotoxins, you need to know what is the step-by-step -step, uh, procedure to proceed with a child because there is things like herxing to be considered, you know, where things get worse before they get better. There is uh, uh, herxing is also known as die-off reactions. There can also be detox reactions um, in, in our children on the spectrum. So it is very important to find a good practitioner. And, uh, and even if you don't have a good practitioner or you're still looking for one, Karen, I always uh, recommend your amazing program to all of my patients you know, who are either waiting to get. Unfortunately, I, I have a pretty long waiting list. I try my best, but I do. So I always recommend your program uh, to, you know, to get them empowered and started on the right track. So it is definitely okay to proceed with treatment, save your resources. If you have a good practitioner and um, all of the clinical symptoms are, uh, are present, you've had exposure to ticks, you've had, you know, and we spoke last time, it's not just ticks, it's fleas and sand fleas and uh, some large mosquito bites. It could also be head lice and bed bugs so, um, and spider bites. So there is different kinds of insect vectors that carry tick-borne infections. So, I mean, it's not just tick-borne, so to speak. So yes, by all means, if you make an informed decision that you would like to proceed with treatment or under guidance, then that, that's perfectly all right. You know, you're, you're saving time, in fact. And a lot of financial resources as well, right? And to do a test mm -hmm. and find out that you've free, I can't, I didn't, I'd never heard that you had done 10 tests for Lyme and they'd all come up negative for your son that I didn't know it was that many. That That's amazing. Uh, if, just uh, to, to give the uh, link as well, Dr. Deshore was mentioning, I do have a step-by-step -step online program. It's in almost 40 countries now. Uh, so it can, for wherever you are in the world, it can reach you, which is also helpful. I do do empower the parent. Uh, I have a step-by-step -step program called the Autism Moms Mentoring Program. It is a nonprofit now, so uh, any of the, the fees associated with it at all can be written off in taxes as a charitable donation to help uh, in, uh, improve autism research and awareness to recovery. And I will give that link also on the page uh, I mentioned for this at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme. But you can also uh, get your invitation if you go to Naturally 
recoveringautism.com. On the homepage there, it says get your invitation. Click on that and I'll send you an email that can uh, allow you to uh, learn more about it and then join that program if you're interested in being walked through yourself. And I do walk you simply as as possible step by step from the very beginning to the very end because um, you do need guidance. And I know from firsthand experience, I went through this. I've lived it myself as well. My child once had died was diagnosed with autism and no longer is and I took all of the resources and information I've learned and I continue that resource that research and now 13 years later I have this program that I can share with other people so that um, other parents of children with autism so that you know what to do because I know how frustrating it is to be at home researching trying to figure it out for yourself and there's just so much information out there what do you believe what do you do how what order do you do it in and this is very important, as Dr. Deshore was mentioning, You, if you're moving into some of these natural treatment options, you've got to make sure that your child's system is supported with the proper uh, aspects to help detoxification. They need things that will bind to those toxins. They need uh, lymphatic support that can help the lymphatic system, which drains out some of those toxins from the system. Help That's got to keep moving. And it gets really backed up in our kids. And in fact, I'll, I'll let you know a little ahead of time, if you're here listening live, um, make sure you have subscribed uh, to my email list uh, right there from my website. And I will let you know in very soon I'll be releasing a brand new what I call first steps program for people who are you might be listening to this and thinking, well, what is this? How do I do it? Uh, it's a very, very simplified first steps. I call it the jumpstart program to just the first few things that you would need to do for your, to help uh, to begin the detoxification process with the right diet, the right binders, some lymphatic support. Uh, very simplified, very inexpensive, um, just to be able to get you started. So if you're interested in that, you can, uh, again, subscribe to at naturallyrecoveringautism.com, and I will send you an email as soon as, as that is released. We need to take a short break. Please stay with us. We will be right Hi there and welcome back. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Today we're talking about part two of Lyme disease, and we have been discussing natural treatment options or, or the ways that you can... Uh, can kind of move forward with some some uh, some options for Lyme treatment that are natural because a lot of the testing out there is unreliable. And so um, we have Dr. Deshore with us here today, who is a specialist in, uh, in Lyme disease and autism. And Dr. Deshore, can you then tell us, so where would somebody begin? If the, What would the steps be if they were seeing the symptoms in their child, they're deciding whether or not should I test? And if I, if so, what test would I want to do? What do I look for? And then how do I proceed? Okay, sure, definitely. Uh, testing wise, you, it, it'll depend on the kind of practitioner you have. If you have a, a practitioner that can prescribe, you know, that can prescribe labs, that again can save a significant amount of resources um, because the labs go through your insurance. And it is important that we know how difficult it is to do blood tests on children with autism. It can be very difficult, but um, an experienced pediatric practitioner who is experienced with kids on the spectrum knows how to use the numbing cream and, and you know, distractions, et cetera, to just quickly draw some blood and run some testing. Um, so some of the tests 
that are important to run through would be Dr. Shoemaker's panel, which is, uh, which is available on survivingmold.com. You know, these are some of the tests that show if there was exposure to mold and mycotoxins and how, how that is affecting the body. So it measures like some cytokines, like transforming growth factor beta 1, C4A, and more. There's more there. Then um, I believe you, you have those resources on your, um, on your website, and I have those resources on my website, which is uh, bionexushealth.com. Uh, the next testing would be most of the viruses, you know, Epstein-Barr, cytomegalovirus, parvo, human, human parvovirus, HHV-6 virus, that is something that I, I like to test for. I also like to look at both of the uh, strep markers, would be ASO and anti-DNAs B, strep AB, the strep antibodies. Um, I like to look at, of course, the basic stuff, which would be your comprehensive metabolic panel, your complete blood counts to see um, how, uh, if, if there is any underlying Babesia to see if that is causing any anemia. Sometimes I'll run ferritin as well. So those would be, oh, one, one other thing that's important would be candida. Um, there are a couple genetic tests that have to be run. That is the HLA, DR testing, which again would be on Dr. Shoemaker's panel, which gives us information as to what kind of um, detoxification blockages uh, are present in a child genetically. And we had spoken about, about the HLA testing in, in our mold segment. And by all means, we, we will speak about that again um, at uh, future shows just, just to give the people a little bit more information, but that's where all of this information is at. So these labs would be covered by your insurance. Uh, some practitioners would like you to run the, the basic nutrition labs, you know, your, your B vitamins, your zinc, your copper, your vitamin D, K2. So these are some of the affordable through your insurance labs that can be run. Um, other labs, um, many parents run would be to look at an organic acids test, to look at a uh, heavy metals profile. We look at the mycotoxin uh, profile. Now, most of these are urine tests. Uh, there is the methylation testing. There is the cryptopyrrolurea or KPU testing um, that, that gets looked at. I did mention heavy metals. Um, Amongst the toxins, one of the important tests to run is the glyphosate to see if there is any exposure to glyphosate, if, if glyphosate levels are high. Uh, we need to look at oxalates as well. So there are um, quite a few testing options that are uh, available there, some private labs and some through the insurance. I hope that kind of answers your question. Yeah, and the glyphosate testing, um, it, for some of you who've been listening as well, you can look back in the archives. I did uh, interview uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff on uh, glyphosate, so you mm. can learn more about that um, and the, the specifics of it. Um, but is the, So the glyphosate will show up in, in blood then? No, it doesn't, no. Uh, <clears throat> the, the blood tests were the ones that I spoke about uh, before and uh, uh, the test that I mentioned later, the organic acids test, 
the uh, non-metal toxin panel, you know, to, to look at benzenes and phthalates and parabens, then the mycotox panel, um, then I did mention organic acids. That is also a urine test that looks for oxalates and yeast, et cetera. Um, the glyphosate panel, these can all be done as urine testing. Then, okay, um, great. If you, yeah, so if you want, one other option would be if there is a lot of GI issues, then there are really good stool tests available out there as well. Yes, yes, and I, I, I do have those in, in my program for the parents who, who choose to do those. And as well, I, um, I even found with myself once that I had tested for uh, parasites because I was pretty sure that I had mm. had them came up negative. And then later on, not, not much later, I found out that I actually did have them. So, you know, again, they can hide and they're very good at it. So, um, so that's why uh, sometimes I'm like, well, if you've got the symptoms and you can treat naturally, um, some of these things you can say, uh, save yourself some expenses well we need to take a short break this is naturally recovering autism and we're coming to you live from bold brave media tune in radio and we will be right back hi there and welcome back you're listening to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas and we're coming to you live from bold brave media and tune in radio today we have dr jody Deshore with us and we're on part two of lyme's disease and there is so much to this today we're, we're looking at the options for um, testing and then being able to move forward with some natural treatment options and what are they. But one thing I notice is that, you know, a parent will find a lab result. come If it does come up, say it does come up positive, you know, your child has Lyme. The first thought is let's just kill off everything. But there are uh, some different ways uh, to, to go about this. Uh, what would you, how would you explain this to parents, Dr. Deshore? I um, I would have to say what I've always been saying in most of my lectures is uh, usually what I see is you cannot really kill your way to health. You know, um, health and wellness isn't uh, isn't just absence of disease. So, yes, you're right. Most parents, when they see, oh, my God, we have like 11, like, for example, myself, myself, because my son was uh, was diagnosed with Lyme and we investigated, you know, we went to see Dr. Jones and, and I mentored with him and, you know, through ILADS, uh, he sponsored me to ILADS, became a member. So we saw 11 co-infections and most of which had gone to the brain because it, it took one and a half years for us while he was, com- my son was completely symptomatic in a wheelchair with every possible symptom in the book. Um, so that is very scary for a parent. And then when, when uh, you know, I was advised to look at myself as well because it was an in utero transfer uh, of Lyme to my son. So I found I had 19 infections. So that, that made a lot of sense. Like, you know, why was I diagnosed with fibromyalgia? Why was I diagnosed with Hashimoto's? You know, what, what is this chronic fatigue? It didn't make any sense until I saw that. So uh, that is an instinct. But one needs to take a step back when your child also has autism. You need to be sure that all of the foundation elements, uh, and, and we will discuss the foundation elements, like nutrition, sleep, uh, detoxification, Etc. have all been covered before you decide to hit the body with antimicrobial treatment. And I have to be honest that there are some parents out there 
you know, who have very high functioning kids on the spectrum with high functioning that who have decided to do a combination therapy. And I was one of them. Uh, we did, you know, some parents choose to do a little bit of antibiotics, have a rock solid support for the gut, make sure that the gut is fully protected. There is, uh, you know, organ detoxification support on board. And then they also do herbs concurrently. But what, what we try to do is we try to make the herbs the primary treatment, the herbs and um, all natural approach. We try to make that primary uh, and then we try to make the allopathic treatment as complementary. So this way we are getting a happy medium for uh, those parents that feel that their kids can handle it. But many times I get a question, is it possible to use only natural plant-based approaches and uh, still beat these infections? And my answer is yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've helped hundreds of children uh, overcome these infections without ever having to use any allopathic treatment. So yes, most definitely that is, uh, that is possible. Well, that's amazing to hear because uh, some listeners may or may not know that antibiotics uh, are not discriminatory. They don't just kill the bad stuff. They kill the good stuff in our gut that keeps us healthy. And our our children already has have compromised immune systems and gut issues. And we don't want to have to use antibiotics if we can help it. You know, the, so that's why I would say if it's possible. Um, so you're finding that the natural approach is, is working just as well and that often that antibiotics are not even ending up being necessary if they're on the the proper natural resources with the natural the right herbs and again we will discuss the foundational aspects that are important to prior to that yes exactly that's what i'm seeing and this is you know about 95% of my autistic population uh, that i see in my in my office who prefer not to use anything allopathic there is that 5% like i said like for example myself right uh, for my son, looking at the extreme situation, you have a child with autism in a wheelchair. Yes, he was high functioning, but all the 11 infections because of severely delayed diagnosis were all in the brain. So when you have a child sitting in excruciating pain with the head shaking, the body shaking, tremendous amount of motor tics and vocal tics, it's very scary. For any parent, if, even if you are a healthcare practitioner. So at that point, we decided to do a combination therapy. Now, for those of you considering combination therapy, yes, by all means, you know, if uh, I am able to guide you with that as well, because there are uh, numerous tricks uh, that have been developed. And, you know, tricks might not be the, the, the right word. I should say options um, is one, one option would be slowly learning to pulse the allopathic medications, any allopathic medication for the gut, uh, for the headaches, for the behaviors. Uh, there is a way to start the herbs, build up the herbs and any other natural treatment, and then slowly start pulsing off these allopathic medications that, that your child uh, may have needed because of the circumstances, like for us. That's what happened to us. Okay, so you're you're talking about basically working to help treat the symptoms because your child's in pain, they've got headaches, they've got stimming there where they're maybe uncontrollable, so they might be doing something there. But once the herbs start 
sort of I'll say kicking in and working and the 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 cause which I'm all about treating the cause of the problem mm-hmm. is being taken care of then the symptoms will start to subside naturally and then you can start um, sort of weaning your child off of the uh, the prescription uh, the other prescription medications that they may have uh, they may have even prior been on uh, before somebody even knew about these other these other things maybe before this this episode here that we're talking about you might your child might be on some some medications that you'd like them to be off of and this would be an option of how to get them off safely but also help them with the actual cause Exactly. Yes. I've had so many children on uh, neuropsychiatric meds for behavior, and not once has any psychiatrist ever tested uh, neurotransmitter levels. And I can't tell you how often I find that, you know, the SSRIs, right, which try to increase the serotonin in the brain, those, the dosage keeps increasing. And it's, Still, you know, you you have the child that is barely responding to this. And when when I run a neurotransmitter panel, which is again uh, an an easy saliva or urine test, you see that serotonin is is not even low. It's fine. the The main problem that we see with with pants and uh, with pants kids is an issue with norepinephrine and dopamine imbalance. So all of this Prozac and Wellbutrin and da-da-da are not even really treating the underlying cause, but sometimes it becomes essential to have, uh, you know, for various reasons. Like, you you know, you have a child that's aggressive. The family needs to be peaceful. The family needs to heal. Um, so these supports are sometimes necessary, but yes, like you said, those can be weaned away as the child starts improving when we are addressing the root cause. Right. Perfect. Okay. We need to take a short break and we will be right back with more as we'll talk a little bit more about the foundational aspects when we come back to you're listening to naturally recovering autism. I'm Karen Thomas and you're listening to us live from bold brave media and tune in radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome back. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism and I'm your host Karen Thomas and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio and today we are on part two of Lyme's disease and as I mentioned earlier any links on this uh, show I will uh, give to you at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme L-Y-M-E and uh, before the break we were discussing a little bit about uh, about how you can wean your children off of any drugs that they may be on and then how how once these herbal and natural protocols start taking effect on helping the actual cause of the issue in your child's body and, and working with the infection naturally, once those infections and the inflammation start to dissipate, then the body can start to function normally. And a lot of those physical and behavioral and emotional symptoms that we see can can start going away and uh, and that the, the drugs are, are eventually unnecessary um, if they are on them at all. Um, uh, so um, Dr. Deshore, let's talk about a little bit about, you know, we talked about foundational aspects. So helping parents understand what are the foundational aspects? Yeah, sure. Now, I'm going to go very slow with this so that everybody understands what, you know, what are the steps. Um, it is highly recommended to make sure that the foundational elements, the aspects are taken care of. Now, at many times, uh, the children that come to my practice have already been 
or, or at least most of the foundation elements have been addressed through a biomed protocol, a biomedical protocol prior to coming to see me. So I am able to start the uh, herbal, uh, herbal treatment for these infections, et cetera, right away. But in case that hasn't happened, I usually recommend that this foundation protocol that I'm going to be speaking about is addressed either concurrently or prior depending on the state of a child. You know, if you have a child with a, with a lot of uh, leaky gut issues, with a lot of behavioral issues, uh, nutritional deficiencies, depending on uh, what the labs come back, or once again, we don't really need to do labs. If, if you know your child really well, we just make sure that all of these are addressed prior to introducing antimicrobial herbs for killing off any infections. So nutrition. So nutrition-wise, one needs to make sure that there, there always is the, the most important vitamins that I, uh, I like to make sure are on board, of course, is uh, vitamin B12, uh, vitamin B1, thiamine, vitamin D, vitamin K. Uh, these are really important. We need to make sure that, that they are going in into your child in any way possible. You know, there are many options. There is uh, chewables, there is topical applications, uh, there is nebulizer or inhalation options that are available. Uh, trace minerals and macro minerals, those are very important. Things like magnesium. Magnesium is very, very important. Um, once again, you know, nebulizing is an option as well for, uh, for your child. Uh, all kinds of trace minerals. It's, it's important to make sure that they are easily absorbable. So minerals, electrolytes, magnesium, then we, we mentioned about uh, B1, B12, vitamin D, vitamin K. Um, other, uh, other specific nutrients that are, um, that are important would be uh, making sure that you are, you know, on a low grain, low sugar, high nutrient, good fat, lean meat, uh, fruits and vegetables, as far as diet-wise goes. I, I know many children are on a specific diet, which is fine too. If, if you're on a specific diet, if it works for you, that's great. Um, organ support. Organ support as in kidney, liver, gut, lymph, skin, these are, and lungs. These are your body's detoxification organs. So one, one needs to be on, uh, even if it's just simple homeopathic support, or even if you're just doing you know, things like lemon water with a little bit of salt uh, every day. So some sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, detoxification protocol needs to be, uh, needs to be on board. Um, sleep, sleep is important. Uh, bowel movements every day. <clears throat> Sorry, again, <laughs> um, daily bowel movements, one to two is important, well-formed, uh, normal colors. It's, it's very interesting. Like sometimes I'll, I'll, um, I'll have children that actually get bright green or bright yellow bowel movements, uh, and parents seem to think that that is just uh, normal because that has been his normal without understanding that, that you know, the, the gut uh, would be compromised if that happens. Um, 
If, if the parents want to read up on something, the one important pathway that is uh, that needs to be looked at for almost every child on the spectrum is the phenol sulfotransferase pathway, the P for Peter, S for Sam, T for Tom, PST pathway. That is a major um, cleansing detoxification pathway in, in the body. Uh, there are children who are sensitive to phenols, to oxalates. Um, so these things have to be looked at before you start treating any kind of infections because the die-off will overwhelm these bodies' detoxification pathways. Um, methylation. Methylation uh, is something which is uh, very popular, you know, a, a, a lot of parents have done the methylation testing, uh, and they know if their children have any kind of genetic mutation. It's very important to know, you know, the MTHFR, the CBS, et cetera. Um, just because the mutations are present doesn't mean that they are active. In most of my lectures, I, um, I always mention this aspect. You know, uh, because I found many practitioners who say that they specialize in methylation, they end up treating every single genetic mutation, heterozygous or homozygous. Heterozygous meaning they got it from one parent, homozygous meaning they got it from two parents. Um, there's no need to overwhelm the body with methylation treatment uh, right at the beginning. But it is important to keep an eye on it as a factor when you start a herbal treatment that in case the child has an extreme die-off reaction, then you know that it could possibly be that one of his methylation pathway uh, mutations has been turned on. Uh, and genetic mutations get turned on when the body is under stress uh, and there are numerous triggers. You know, it could be vaccinations, it could be viruses, infections. There are numerous triggers. So, um, this, this would be some of the foundation protocols uh, that need to be in place. Uh, for sleep, uh, I like to use melatonin because melatonin is very important. It is an antioxidant. It's not just for sleep, especially for children that have been exposed to uh, mold and biotoxins. Uh, melatonin is, is a really key element. Um, a, a good multivitamin, one needs to wait on that. One needs to wait till the gut is repaired, and you have a child that is absorbing nutrients much better before you put on a full-fledged uh, multivitamin. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. That was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, we need to take a short break. When we come back, we will uh, we will carry on with this a little bit uh, before we have to wrap up. So uh, stay with us. We will right, be right back. Hi there. and Welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Today, we are in part two of Lyme's disease, and we have run through this hour so quickly, and we know there's a lot more to do. So we will be coming back with this, and Dr. Deshore has already agreed to join us again in the future next month we will be uh, continuing with this aspect to let you know that uh, want to know that uh, want to let you know that there are resources available on Dr. Deshore's site at bionexushealth.com I will link to that and everything that we discussed uh, uh, any links that uh, we discussed in this episode at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash radio show and um 
Also, I want to make sure that everybody does know I do have an online program that I walk you through step by step. The Autism Moms Mentor Program, it's global. It's on almost 40 countries now if you're looking for a guide to walk you through these aspects. And I'm soon to release a very brand new first steps, very brief, just first steps program of detoxification to begin those foundational aspects that we discussed here, um, just to get you started, because I know sometimes it's overwhelming to think about jumping into a full program. So I want to, I want you to be able to find results with your child's understand how you can do this and feel empowered to know that you can be your child's guide. I became my child's guide today. He's recovered. I want to give that to you. And I know that you need to know what to do to save yourself the time of researching and the expense of going through a lot of things that don't work to find what does. So I offer that to you. And Dr. Deshore, do you have anything else to, uh, to offer as we, um, as we need to wrap up here? Yes, I just wanted to uh, let everybody know that um, you know you have you have been kind enough to invite me back, and when we come back, we will definitely be, be addressing um, a lot of other aspects like biofilm, heavy metals, KPU, probiotics, histamine, ma- histamine issues, mast cells, parasites, mitochondrial issues, along with uh, you know what infection to address first, uh, what is step one, what are step two. There is a lot of information to share. Right. And the order is important. Uh, We got into that a little bit here in this episode, but uh, that, you know, and especially knowing to be sure that your child is on the right foundational, um, those first steps uh, first before you uh, begin uh, any, anything, any of these others, because, you know, they're, they're already, they're so toxic. We want their system to be supported and be able to release those toxins so they don't get backed up and make them worse. So thank you for joining us so much. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Deshore for being here with us again. Thank you everyone for coming in and um, uh, this is Natural Recovering Autism and we will see you next week.